Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the First Baptist Church here in the hills of Western Massachusetts. So good that you're joining us and listening wherever you may be. Bringing a series of messages for this month of December on the subject of Advent. And uh, Advent means coming or arrival. And Jesus' first arrival, this is why we celebrate Christmas, when he was born in Bethlehem. So I'm going to ask Larry to read Luke chapter 2, first 12 verses. Good morning. I want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, uh, page 1590 in your pew Bibles. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that, while they were there, the days were accomplished, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. And for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate that. Let's uh, start with a word of prayer, shall we? And Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be here in the house of the Lord. We thank you for each one, and we pray that this message would have been prepared for each one of us that are here and those that are watching and listening. So help us to be tuned in and not be distracted, to learn something for us as individuals personally that we can take home with us and uh, may determine where we spend the rest of our lives and also for the rest of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of this message is called No Room for Jesus. No Room for Jesus. The story we just heard, we're told that Joseph and Mary, familiar story, of course, they came to an inn and even though the innkeeper could see that Mary 
was with child and ready to give birth. She was probably in a lot of pain, maybe having the uh, birth pains. You know, he wasn't willing or able uh, to help because there was no room for Jesus. No room for Jesus. Heard about that couple, you know, there was a snowstorm and uh, the highways had shut down. I mean, it was extremely cold. Batteries were dying, cars all over the place. All the hotels, the motels were full and this family managed to get to a hotel miraculously. And uh, there was people everywhere trying to get a room and he, he managed to get to the front and talk to the, uh, the guy there. And he says, sorry, he says, we don't, no point asking us, there's just no room. He says, yeah, I said, but you know, if the president was here, you'd, you'd find a room for him, wouldn't you? He said, well, probably. He said, well, he's not coming. I'll take it. <laughs> boom, boom. Wait for laughter, carry on. Okay. <laughs> the innkeeper, he didn't want to be bothered or inconvenienced. He was so busy, too busy to make other arrangements for the family in need. And definitely she was in more need than majority of people that must have been there that day. So what did he do? He offered to send them out into the cold, have the baby in a stinking stable. I haven't, I haven't been in a stable recently, but I assume <laughs> it was pretty bad, pretty rank. Not for human habitation, right? Not fit for human habitation. When Jesus came into the world the first time, you know, that innkeeper, all of his guests, and thousands of other people, as it turned out, missed the reason for his first advent. That time of year, super busy. For the innkeeper, life was good, even though he was very, very busy. The inn was full to capacity. He was making lots of shekels. <laughs> and, but he missed the first coming of the Savior of the world. In the New Testament, we also read about a follower of Jesus named Martha. She was so busy in the kitchen preparing food for Jesus and his disciples that she didn't make time to spend with him like her sister did, Mary. She missed the opportunity that could never be repeated because in a short while later, Jesus would go to the cross, be crucified and put to death. And she was so busy, and we know it's important to prepare the food. Someone had to do it. But he said, you, you're missing out on one thing that's most important, the most needful thing, and that is to spend time with me. And she would never have that opportunity again. So I don't want to put anyone 
on a guilt trip, but how much quality time do we spend with Jesus? How much time do we make in our busy schedules to read our Bible and pray to the Lord? The fact is, the majority of us are very busy. Amen? We're very busy, but we need to make time to spend time with Jesus. And it'll benefit us greatly. And it'll bless us if we do that. Also, Jesus told the story of a, a rich farmer, like the innkeeper was rich. This, in, this farmer, his barns were full. He had everything in this world that money could buy. He had more crops to bring in, but he didn't have enough room to put them in. So he said, well, I'll build more barns. I'll build bigger barns. And when I do, I'll put in the crops for all my hard work and labor, and I will just sit back, and I'll be able to retire put my feet up in the lazy boy and enjoy life. But he was so busy and he never gave a thought because he was so busy where he would spend eternity. When he died, he wasn't prepared. One night, when the death angel came unexpectedly that very night for his soul to take his soul and just like Jesus said for what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and yet lose his soul there's a credit card. It says it's priceless. It's priceless. You know, and the value of a soul is priceless. You can't put a price on it. And our souls are so priceless to God that he was willing to send his son, Jesus, the most precious beloved son that he could ever have. And he sent him to die on a cross who was totally innocent. Because our souls are priceless to God. So priceless that Jesus died for all mankind. That was the whole purpose of being born in Bethlehem. So he could live perfect life. Tell people about the kingdom of heaven so they can go there when they leave this world to save their souls. Bible says the soul that sins must die. Have you sinned? That's the rhetorical question. I do every day. But he paid the price for our sins. Who's gonna pay the price for your sins? Nobody else. Your good works are not gonna get you into heaven. Being a good person, Bible says there is none good, no, not one. 
So you're lost. You need a savior. This is why Jesus came. There's only one savior. Amen? So let's recap. The innkeeper was so busy, that's the key word, that he missed the miracle of Jesus' birth. Martha was so busy, she missed having fellowship with Jesus. And that farmer was so busy preparing for his future that he didn't make time to prepare to meet God. Are you ready to meet God? Are you prepared? You've got to be ready. But Jesus' first advent, his first coming, many people didn't make time for him. The majority of people in this world, when he comes back the second time, will have the same attitude at his second advent. They're going to be unprepared. They're not ready to meet him. Are you ready to meet God? One day you will. Unfortunately, those people, when Jesus comes back, they're going to be left behind. They're not going to be included in the number of Christians that will be gathered up to meet the Lord in the air. The vast majority, thousands, millions, probably billions on the face of the earth are going to be left behind at Jesus' second coming, his second advent. Listen to what Jesus said. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. That's Jesus. He became a man. The Son of God became a man. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. See, it's too late for them. They missed it. They will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. You can read that in Matthew 24. Future event. Not happened yet. Will. Yeah, I was thinking about that... Uh, innkeeper's rude attitude towards pregnant Mary, literally the mother of God. You know, when I was a boy, not that long ago, you know, my parents taught me good manners. And we used to ride public transportation, buses. We didn't own a car. There's enough idiots on the road. And she told me that when we rode the bus, and it was crowded, no seats available, you always gave up your seats to an older person, especially to a lady, and especially to one who was pregnant. That's the attitude we should have. We had good manners. Did the innkeeper have good manners? Did he make time? What about all the people that were there that had a room? Did they make time? Did they want to give up their room? Would they be willing to share a room 
No. So many of those guests that are in there, in the end, they saw the condition that Mary was in. She probably a lot of pain when she came in, about to give birth. She was in a desperate condition. But there was no one willing to give her room because they had their own agenda. They were too busy doing life. That's typical of human nature, demonstrated at shopping time. What about these sales that go on? What is it, Black Friday? See some of these videos of people trying to get the bargain before everybody else, you know? People falling down, being trampled on. Like wild savages. <laughs> to be the first to get that gift that's on sale. You know, it reminds me of the story of the Good Samaritan. And uh, the one that was beaten on the road to Jericho, he was a Jew. He was beaten by robbers and left for dead on the road to Jericho. No one. They're all too busy to help him. They just passed him by, didn't care about him, left him for dead. No one willing to help. No one willing to help Mary. Even two religious people, the most religious at the time, a Levite, a priest, and a Pharisee, they walked, they went on the other side of the road, ignored him. They didn't want anything to do with him. They had their own agenda. They had their own religion. They passed him by on the other side. Too busy. Too busy to help. But then there was one who saw the man in that bloody condition, willing to help. He had compassion on that man. And he was a Samaritan. And the Jews and the Samaritans absolutely despised one another. As far as the Jew was concerned, the Samaritans were like mongrels, dogs. They wouldn't associate with them. But that Samaritan, he was willing to stop took the time, even though he had his own agenda, even though he was busy, he took the time because he had compassion to help a complete stranger, not just a complete stranger, but also a Jew that despised the Samaritans. He could see the need. He wasn't too busy to help. He was even willing to help his enemy. Why did he do that? Because it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. And I was thinking about that. A lot of symbolism, and I haven't studied it, but there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot probably more than I'm going to relate to you this morning regarding the story of the Good Samaritan. The injured man 
That could, and left for dead, that could represent Jesus, who was beaten to a pulp and rejected. And many people passed him by, and they mocked him and spit on him and abused him and left him for dead, including those religious people. The world's full of religious people. Those religious leaders that didn't show any compassion, they represent the law. The law where there's no mercy shown. Only condemnation and death. You break the Ten Commandments. It leads to death. The wages of sin is death. Cut and dried. But then there's the new covenant brought in by Jesus. Grace. Grace. Personified. In the embodiment of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The good Samaritan comes along that personifies God's grace and its fullness to the undeserving. We are undeserving sinners, but God's grace is greater than our sin. Thank God that it is. The Good Samaritan can represent Jesus, of course. He took the time to help us, to rescue us when we needed him the most. He went the extra mile so we could be healed. That good Samaritan, he took him to a place of refuge and he poured in some uh, olive oil. And olive oil has medicinal healing properties. And he poured in that oil so that man could be healed. And this represents, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. That God poured into us when we received Jesus as our Savior so we could be born again. To heal us. To make us spiritually well. By his stripes, we are healed spiritually. We are healed because of what he did on the cross. The Samaritan was willing to help his enemies. Jesus came down and suffered on the cross and died for his enemies. He even prayed for the Roman soldiers that were nailed him to the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Do we have that attitude towards our enemies? No. No, we don't. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? 
Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those that are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expected to be repaid in full. But I say, love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting anything in return. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. You know that God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. That's the story of Christmas. That's a great New Year's resolution for us by God's grace to keep, to let me close. Just like people it was back then in the Jesus' time at his first advent, it's exactly how it will be when he comes again. Totally unprepared. Like the innkeeper and his guests, that rich farmer and others were so busy, so preoccupied, doing life, living their own lives, like Martha. She didn't make time. She didn't make time for Jesus. Too late. And even though there was no room at the inn, I hope and pray that you're not too busy to make room for Jesus in your heart. Or is it so hard that even God cannot penetrate it? I hope and pray that you'll make room for Jesus. So you'll be ready when you die or when he comes again the second time. The question remains, are you ready? You can be, but once you die, it's too late, too late. And then those that reject him are basically saying, Jesus, you died in vain. Did he? No. He didn't. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you again for this
time of year, the reason that Jesus came, the innocent one who would die on the cruel cross, bled, suffered in order to bring us to God. And those that believe that you are the Savior, that you died for us, to take away our sins, to bear the punishment that we deserve, undeserving sinners. You were willing to do that. And we're so grateful that you did. But it breaks our hearts that you had to pay such a high price to bring us to God. And I pray, I hope and pray that this message would penetrate into the hardest of hearts and call upon your name, Jesus, which means Savior, to save them from their sins. The Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you are the Savior. You are Lord, that you died for me on the cross because I'm a sinner. And I need you to save me and come into my life. I believe that you died and three days later you rose again from the dead. And I call upon you to save my soul. And I thank you for what you did for me on that cross. Amen. Amen. Well, I do hope and pray that you prayed that prayer. And if you meant it, then you would pass from death unto life and uh, tell somebody what you believe so others can receive the message as well. And a Merry Christmas to you all. God bless you. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Colerain for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Colerain, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.